0: ask you a question real quick who's wearing the uh, what everybody seems to do is the after Christmas outfit right you get new clothes for Christmas and you save an outfit to wear to church right I'm not the only one so don't look at me like that they're like I'm the, I'm the person that does that right we all kind of do that right it's today and then it's and then it's Easter that we're all showing up in like that outfit you know what I mean So that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. I just thought I'd ask that question. Um, But we have been, uh, we have had a great month um, talking about joy um, as we've been looking at what God's word has to say about that. Um, Again, if you're new with us, uh, my name is Pastor Jay and, uh, and we are so excited to have you with us. Um, would' love to get the chance to meet you afterwards. if uh, if maybe this is your first time, you've only been coming for uh, for a few weeks or whatever. we had um, we had an incredible amount of people here for Christmas Eve. How many of us were here for Christmas Eve? It was incredible. we had uh, we had to open up both overflow rooms. We had over four hundred people here. Um, it was amazing. And uh, saw a whole lot of new people here. And so, if if maybe that's you, if you were uh, new to that service and and you decided to come and and hang with us on Sunday morning, uh, welcome. Uh, But we've been talking about joy, and we've been talking about joy versus happiness, and how happiness is circumstantial and joy is spiritual. And we've looked at the difference between those things. We've looked at busyness and how busyness can rob our joy. And we're uh, kind of past, in some ways, the season of busyness now, right? Amen to that, um, sort of. Um, now we're just busy in taking stuff back and returning things, but, so it's a different thing. But the, uh, but the idea of, of busyness is something that can rob our joy and can, and can pull our focus away from where, it, from where it really should be. And then we also talked about joy versus fear and how joy can come from unlikely places and, uh, and how in Mary... In her story, we saw her choose joy over fear, and that uh, and that fear again is something that can that can rob us of our of our joy. And then last week we talked about uh, hope, how hope is equal to joy, and the peace from God that can come along um, with with that. And if you missed any of those weeks, by the way, just want to sidebar for a quick second. If you missed any of those weeks and you want to listen to those messages again, you can jump on our website and you can listen to those either right on your phone, you can subscribe uh, so that it shows up in in your podcast app or whatever, right on your phone, or you can listen to it right in the web browser from your computer. All of those are there if you uh, would want to go back and listen to those. But I want to bring this all together today. I want to bring this all together this morning as we prepare for the new year and how all of these things... Uh, can really kind of come together and take us forward into 2020 and beyond. So let's pray as we dive into his word here for just a minute. Father, I love you, Lord, and I thank you so much, God, for uh, for your love for us. And I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the joy that you can give us. And now, God, as we, as we do um, talk through some of these ideas, Lord, and we purpose that you have for us, Lord, as we move forward. Uh, God, not only for us individually but for us as a church as well. Uh, God, I just pray that you would speak to each and every one of us today and give us, Lord, a word that, that maybe each one of us needs to hear specifically and individually. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move and that your words uh, would just uh, fill us today, God, and that you would receive the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how do we take these lessons on joy and we take these ideas on joy and we take these into 2020? Because choosing joy should not just be a Christmas thing. While we do think of joy at Christmas, it shouldn't just remain here. Uh, it shouldn't be something that, that only comes around during during Christmas. In fact, it should be a thing that we're looking for all the time. That's why it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all things that the Holy Spirit uh, can manifest in our life um, if we are, uh, you know, in in many ways choosing that and choosing to hear the voice of God, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. But, um, you know, it's funny how when you're looking for something, you can kind of see it everywhere. And, I have kind of been seeing joy everywhere. And it reminds me uh, a few years ago when I, uh, when I, got my, uh, when I bought my car, it wasn't, wasn't new, it was new to me. It was a 2013 Ford Focus. And it's funny, tell me if I'm the only one that does this. But like you get a new car and all of a sudden you're driving around and it's like, man, everybody drives this car. <laughs> like, wow, I did not realize that 90% of the people on the road drive a Ford Focus. Now, that may actually be the case. Um, because it is a pretty, you know, popular whatever car, but but right, you know what I'm saying? Like you get you get you get a, a vehicle and, and you just notice how much more you see your car everywhere, and you're like, wow, I'm glad I picked this color or whatever, um, or maybe boy, I wish I would have picked that color of car. But you you see it everywhere because you're looking for it, right? Because it's something that that is that is there that you're present in, and that and that you're all about because you have to kind of be in that car all the time, and you see it all the time, and so now you're seeing it everywhere. And joy, in many ways, is just like that. If we're looking for it, if we're seeing joy and, and attempting to see joy in our life, and we're attempting to see the joy of the Lord show up in our life, we are going to see it everywhere. I've seen decorations all over the place that say joy. I don't know if you have to. Right up the road, there's uh, the, this business right up the road built these big Letters, or maybe they bought them, I don't know, but it says joy, and they're like this big, they're like twice as big as this. And there's another intersection over in green that I saw it, and I'm like, man, maybe these are here all the time, but they sure seem pretty obvious to me right now because this is something that we've been focusing on. But I just really feel like I've seen joy everywhere, and I wonder if that's been the same for you. And if it hasn't, you know, maybe those ideas of joy, but if it hasn't, I wonder if it's maybe because you're not deciding to choose the joy of the Lord, because maybe you're looking at other things. Take a look at this verse in Psalm chapter 57, verse 2. It says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Who fulfills his purpose for me. See, the key to seeing joy, the key to seeing the joy of the Lord is following his purpose in your life. That's one of the keys there in understanding God's purpose for your life is that, see, David wrote this, when, when, when David wrote this, King David, he's running for his life when he wrote this. He's hiding in a cave from Saul, who's trying to kill him, when he wrote this. This was not a place that was a happy time in his life when he wrote this, a time when things were not going well. He was scared, and this was an unlikely circumstance and an unlikely place. And he says, I cry out to God the Most High, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He knew that going through that circumstance was part of God fulfilling his purpose in his life. See, God has numbered your days. God has numbered all of our days, and he wants to fulfill every purpose that he has for you and for me in those days. But purpose is found in a Christ-centered perspective. Purpose is found in a Christ-centered perspective. That's, that's kind of the first point I want you to see here, is that choosing joy is a Christ-centered perspective. David had that. He had that Christ-centered perspective, and so did Joseph, who was uh, Jesus' earthly father. And that's really the story we're going to look at today, is the story uh, of Joseph and, and some of the decisions that he made in his life. And so maybe, maybe you're here today and you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like uh, you have no purpose. Maybe you feel like you have no direction. You feel like you're just wandering around. You have no fulfillment in life. Choosing joy can be an incredible place to start, can be a great first step in finding God's purpose in your life. Just the first step. But you got to take at least one step to start figuring that out. And if that step is toward Jesus, then you know you're at least stepping in the right direction. Or maybe you feel the opposite. Maybe you feel like you are fulfilling God's purpose in your life and you feel like you're, you're maybe doing pretty well there. How do you keep that going? How do you keep that focus? Or you might be somewhere in the middle. Maybe you're in the middle of that somewhere and, and, and so this applies to you as well because here's the deal. The enemy wants to distract you. The enemy wants to pull you away. The enemy wants to push you away. And he will do anything he can to distract you from fulfilling your purpose in this life. And so as we move into 2020, I wanna look at today how choosing joy can help us find his purpose in our life and what that can look like for us. So how do we do that? How do we do that? I have a few things to consider here uh, when it comes to finding purpose, and that's godly purpose. Because you may be doing something in your life that is very much what God created you to do, and that's great but does it have to do with maybe the godly purpose in your life? All of them correlate, but at the same time, have you really focused maybe on the godly purpose in your life? And the first place to start is this fill-in here. Choose surrender. To choose surrender. To start in this place of choosing to surrender your will, yourself, to him. We've got to be in a place of surrender. Joseph had already chosen that. Joseph had already Chosen to surrender to God's will in his life. And that is why he was in the situation that he was in, because he was an unlikely candidate as well, just like Mary was in terms of the world's standards, an unlikely candidate for the position that God put him in. And we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter one. If you do have your Bibles or you got the Bible app and you want to follow along, you can go to events and you can follow along with me right there. But we're going to be in uh, Matthew, chapter one, beginning in verse 18. Joseph son of David the angel said do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the holy spirit so Joseph had to go through this process here he had to go through a process and he had to choose surrender that was really the place that he started if you look at Matthew 119 in this passage we just read it says Joseph was a righteous man and another translation says he was faithful to the law so he was a moral man. He stood uh, for righteousness, which really just means right living. And it's funny because at the end of Matthew 1 here, we actually see him uh, contemplating how to get out of it. You know, he's, he's talking about it right here and, and, and really contemplating like, okay, what's my loophole here? Like, can you relate to that? You know, God is maybe leaning you to go a certain direction and, and you definitely feel like you should go this direction. And you're like, ooh, but... I don't know if I want to have that tough conversation. I don't know if I really want to make that tough decision that I know I have to make, that I know God's pushing me toward. And so he's very much a human here. He's starting to think through like, okay, but he's also a man of integrity because he's trying to do this in in, you know, if he's going to get out of it, if you will, he's going to try to do it in in a in a way with integrity. But see, God's purpose isn't always clear to us at first. It takes faith but it also takes it takes wisdom and it takes discernment. Because I, re- I remember uh, us learning this at the men's retreat this past year that, you know, if God were to give us the whole plan right from the beginning, the problem with that is, is that we would do it. <laughs> if God showed you every step of the plan and what was going to happen, the problem with that is you would actually do it. And that would end up messing up God's plan more than likely that's why we can only handle one step at a time and so a lot of times that's why God only gives us that one step at a time because each step is part of his plan if we saw the whole picture I don't know if we would know what to do with it and so sometimes we need God to just hit us over the head and just hold up a big flashy sign and say this is the way you should go sometimes we need that Unfortunately, Joseph was willing to listen to it, and he was willing to see it. In uh, verse 24, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. See, Joseph was surrendered to the will of God, and he was surrendered to God's purpose in his life. And he had made that decision beforehand. And we know that because it says he was a, he was a righteous man. It says that he was a righteous man and, and, and it talked about how he was faithful to the law. So when God asked him to do something, regardless of what it was, when it was, where it was, he moved. He was very much human and he tried to think through it a little bit, but, but he moved. He made a pre-decision to choose to surrender to the will of God for him, for him to be able to fulfill his purpose. And so I wonder if we have done that as well. Have we made that decision to surrender to God because God works at the intersection of gifts strengths and passions that's the next point for you today is that God works at the intersection of gifts strengths and passions God knew joseph's gifts he knew his strengths he knew what he was passionate about and he used them he used them to help mold the son of God, right? He was a carpenter. He taught Jesus his trade. He, he taught him uh, how to be uh, the man that he ended up being, right? All of this through this man because Jesus was very much human. But the way that God had created Joseph and, his, and, and everything about who he was, he ended up imprinting on the son of God, right? It, so being a carpenter, right, you needed to work hard. You needed to be creative, There was a whole lot of things that were invested in that. And had Joseph not surrendered to God, then he would not have had the impact that God had intended for him to have on the life of Jesus. And so let me ask you this Have you ever identified, really, your gifts? Have you ever identified your strengths and your passions? Have you ever looked at those things, like really, in terms of your purpose and how God's created you? Have you ever taken a spiritual gifts test? If you haven't, I would encourage you to do that, to see maybe the way God shaped you that maybe you didn't even realize until you see this laid out before you, and you can see how God can take the way that he shaped you and use you to do amazing things. Because Joseph's passions, his gifts, his strengths, those things, they were imprinted on the Son of God and his ministry and his humanity, right? have been affected because of that. You and I have been affected because of that, because Joseph was willing to surrender and to raise Jesus. See, God can and will use anyone who does anything. He will use anyone who does anything. No one is significant, insignificant. We are all significant in the story of God. When we go to God and we have maybe no joy in ourselves, We're not seeing the joy in ourselves. We'll find that the joy of the Lord can be our strength in those times. So where do your gifts meet your passions? Where do your gifts meet your passions? That may be an area of God's purpose for you as you move forward. But we need to listen to his voice. That's the next point here is to listen to his voice. Listen to his voice. Flip over to Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. So Joseph uh, and Mary have taken Jesus to Egypt. Joseph was told to do this in a dream. And so they're in Egypt hiding because Herod um, was attempting to kill kill him. So he was killing all of the babies uh, that were two years and under uh, in that area. And so he goes to Egypt to hide. And and here in Matthew 2, 19, we pick it up here. It says, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. Right, there was no like question at this point. He had already seen God move in so many ways. He was just like, yeah, whatever, let's do this. And so verse 22, but when he learned that the new ruler of Judea uh, was Herod's son Archelaus he was afraid to go there. So then he starts being a little, a little timid again because he starts hearing other voices. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what the prophets had said, that he will be called a Nazarene. So four times in chapter two, four times God speaks to Joseph in a dream. That'd be nice, right? Right? If God spoke to us in our sleep every single time, that would be a, a great way. But that's not really the typical way that God speaks to us. It's, it's really not. There, there are various ways that he does, but, um, but when he gives us directions, and when he gives us specific direction, you know, God wanted to make sure that Joseph was hearing him very clearly here, that there was no confusion. And so he spoke to him in this way. But, but it kind of begs the question, how do we listen to God? Or more specifically, how does God speak to us? so that we can hear his voice if we are attempting to listen to him. And and I would say that you could really narrow it down to to three, three specific ways. And that would be through his word, through prayer, and through other godly people. His word, through prayer, and other godly people. And so let's break this down just a little bit so that you can see the way that all of these things work together. Psalm 119, 105 says, "'Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path.'" Okay. So God's word brings a light to our path um, that would otherwise seem dark. It's funny when maybe we're making decisions about things to do and, and, and a lot of times we'll go to the word of God after the fact and when we see the light that the word of God casts on the path that maybe we've walked, we realize there's a few things that we tripped over that we wouldn't have had we had started with the word of God instead of making that the place that we go to after we've stumbled our way up Very interesting the way that that works sometimes because the Bible is in many ways a handbook for life. And so it will give us uh, godly wisdom for how to live through this life. But it's the first step in finding your purpose. And so let me ask you this question. How much time do you have dedicated to spending in God's word? Do you get into God's word every day? There are some really easy ways to do that. The Bible app is a great way to do that. If you don't have the Bible app, it's 100% free and it will remind you and you can look up um, all kinds of different Bible reading plans and all that sort of stuff. There's not really an excuse to not be in God's word every day. It doesn't take very long and it's sad to say it, but I think we all have 10 minutes that we could carve out for the Lord every day. We should have way more than that, if I'm being honest with you. But we can, we, we've all got time for that. So let me ask you, if maybe you're feeling like you're wandering a little bit and, and not quite hearing from God, how much time are you spending in his word, his letter to us, his words to us? He will speak to you through, through the word of God. It's alive. When you, when you read it and you're reading it for the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you, it will come alive. And stories that maybe you've read a thousand times, like the Christmas story that we, that we go through every year, will come alive to you maybe in new ways. If you actually dedicate some time and want to hear from God in his word. Second would be prayer. Second would be prayer. And God will give you wisdom and and discernment if you're asking him for it. The word of God actually says that. But he'll guide you. He'll guide your thinking through that time of prayer to make the right decisions in the things that you're doing. And and really bring clarity to some things that maybe you feel confused on or or you, you don't know really what to do. And you might be thinking in the situation that you're in, man, I just don't have time. Listen, you don't have time to not pray. You don't have time to not pray. If you're feeling that way, that's a clear sign that you need to carve out some time. And you'll be amazed how much more time God will give you back in your day. If you dedicate some time to the Lord to pray every day. I've said this before and it's true. I'll set it as a meeting on my phone. (laughs) Because if I don't, things will creep up into my life. And so there are times where I will just have to set a time on my phone as a meeting and that meeting is with God. Nobody else needs to know what that meeting's for, but I know and I will set that time aside. If you're not doing that, don't be surprised that you're not hearing from God and, and that you're, maybe your purpose isn't, isn't totally clear to you because you won't be able to listen to his voice clearly if you're not talking to him. The phone works both ways, right? <laughs> if we're not talking to God, it's amazing how... We don't seem to be able to find what he wants to tell us. It's common sense. The other way is other people. Other godly people in your life. That word in the middle is important. Other godly people in your life. Because sometimes God speaks very directly to us because we have so many voices fighting for our attention. We have so many voices fighting for our attention. In fact, I don't know how many of you have already gotten a notification on your phone just in the time you've been sitting here. That's why, my, that's why my phone is on airplane mode while we're up here because I would have ESPN coming up and trying to tell me something right now if I didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we've got to be careful of who we're listening to and, and to be able to, to be clear on that. A few months ago, probably six to eight months ago, something like that, that maybe longer than that now, but there was a, a very godly person that I, that I respect that I just, I feel like God just kind of carved out some time for him to just speak into my life. And it was just for a few minutes. And, uh, and, and he said these words to me, and I really needed to hear it at the time. He said, you need to stop listening to any voice that is not God's. And I really needed to hear that at that time. There was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of stuff going on and a lot of stuff going on up here and a lot of stuff going on in here. And I was trying to discern it all and and he just pulled me aside and just like spoke that word into my life and I needed to hear that. And I feel like maybe some maybe some of you need to hear that. You need to stop listening to any voice that is not God's. And you need to discern what that is. Because God may be trying to tell you something very specific, but you're listening to other voices and you're hearing other things that are pulling you aside and distracting you. You need to listen to the voice of God. And see, that was God speaking to me through another godly person. So let me ask you this. Who do you listen to? And do they fall into that category of another godly person? Who you run with is who you are, right, guys? Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs 13, 20. That applies to all of us. And so who is speaking into your life and who are you really listening to? And who are they listening to? Something to consider. See, Joseph knew that this was about more than just himself. And I hope that you know that as well. This is about more than just yourself. It's about way more than just us because there was so much at stake. There was so much at stake with what Joseph was was doing. And the same is true with you and with me. Eternity is at stake. There is more at stake than you may realize. And your part in the kingdom is huge. Your part in the kingdom of God is huge. Do not underestimate your significance in the story of God. Do not do it. Do not underestimate your significance in the story of God. And follow where he leads. That's the next uh, fill-in, and that's the next point, is to follow where he leads. All of us have an important role to play, but we think we're insignificant. See, God led them back to Nazareth. This talks about how God leads, uh, has led them back to Nazareth and how this was a prophecy that was fulfilled, and, and it is, but Nazareth is a town where everyone knew them, everyone knew them, and it was not really the best town. Nazareth was really, um, it was, there was no wall around it, which that was a big deal back in the day, so it was unwalled, it was unprotected, and it had kind of a... Bad reputation in, in some regards. And in John chapter 1, when, uh, when Jesus comes on the scene in his uh, adult ministry, somebody even says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Because he's introduced as Jesus of Nazareth. And they even say, can anything good come from Nazareth? They knew. The people then knew what Nazareth was. Here's something interesting. Did you know what Nazareth actually means? Like the words Nazareth. It literally means sprout town or bean town. Isn't that funny? That, that's, that's literally what it means. Now, it doesn't mean that God is a Boston fan, so let's not go there, all right? But, but here's really what it means. If we look at like, okay, so, so Jesus comes from there, right? Wherever you are living, wherever you are from, whatever um, situation that maybe you have come from, I want you to remember that Jesus can relate to you. He was God in flesh. He could have come from anywhere. He could have been born in any place, and he, he could have done it in any way that he chose, and he decided to come from a place that was um, from every, an everyman kind of place and an everyman kind of working situation because God loves us so much, he chose to come down to be able to look at us eye to eye and not look down at us with a hammer, which is how too many times we think about God. He came from a place that basically every man is from. He came from being town, <laughs> right? Jesus can relate to your situation. He chose to be a Nazarene, to be one of us. In the book, The Lord of the Rings, that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, he wrote a poem. And, and in the book, he, he wrote this line, not all who wonder are lost, not all who wonder are lost. And, I, and I, I think the same applies to you and to me. See, not all who wonder are lost, even though you might feel like you're wandering around. You might feel like you are without any true purpose, and that doesn't mean that you're lost. That doesn't mean that you're lost, and that doesn't mean that God's not done with you. It doesn't mean that God can't use you Because you can regain your sense of purpose. You can discover what God really has for your life. The children of Israel wandered around for a really long time. And God used them, even in spite of that. But see, some who are lost are content to wander around. We can get content in wandering around. And we're fine, just we're okay with being okay. We're all right, just wandering around and... and And that's okay. But see, God wants more for you than that. God wants more for you than that. He wants to do way more than that. He doesn't want us to be content wandering around. So choose surrender. Identify your gifts, your strengths, your passions. Listen to his voice. Follow where he leads. And you will find purpose. And a first step in that can be... To choose joy and find purpose. That's the connection point for the day. Choose joy and find purpose. Because as I said at the very beginning, that can be a place. Choosing joy can be the first step. can be the first step in you finding God's purpose for your life. As we close a decade and we start a new one, I wonder if you look back over the last 10 years, let's say, in terms of God's purpose in your life and where that's been. And as we look forward into God's purpose for your life as, as you move forward, what is that looking like? Is that something you're even considering? Or are we just trying to flip the calendar? Because God wants more for you than that. If you're just wandering, if you feel like you're just wandering and lost, you're not. God's been there with you the whole time. He's been there walking with you the whole time. Maybe you just haven't decided to listen to his voice. Maybe you just haven't been talking with him. Maybe you haven't chosen to speak with him. You haven't chosen to get his advice on where you're going. (laughs) Instead, you wait until you trip and fall. And then you look back and go, boy, I wish I would have. We might do that anyway. Because we're human and we all sin. But you can trust God to lead you where he wants you to go. It says in Psalm 23, verse 2 and 3, it says, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You may feel confused, but God doesn't. You may feel confused about where you want to go in this life moving forward, but God doesn't. And I know I'm talking to a very specific person right now, but maybe this is the exact word that God wanted you to hear today. So, do you want to begin a new decade with a drive and a sense of purpose that's bigger than yourself? Or do you want to just keep wandering around? Choose joy, start there, find purpose. Would you stand with me? As you stand, would you? Would you bow your heads? We get the chance to end this decade and start this new one, if you will, on the right foot. We get the chance to put some things in the proper perspective and to focus on the things that really matter and to listen to the voice of God. And to truly hear him, to maybe make a plan to get into his word, to pray, to have other godly people speak into our life. Interestingly enough, a life group accomplishes all three of those things. If you're not in a life group, maybe that is a place that you need to choose as well as you move into the new year for God to show you where you need to go. But another place to start would be having a relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to be able to choose his joy. You're not going to be able to find his purpose in your life. And if that's you, if you want to know more about that, I would love to talk to you today. You could come down forward and, and, and we can talk um, at the end of the service. Or I can meet you at the orange wall. Or you could just come find me when we're done here. I would love to, to speak with you about that. And show you in God's word how you can be saved and you can know for sure. You can know for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven and that that God is going to show you his purpose for your life. Father, I love you and I thank you so much for your love for us. And I thank you, God, that you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. God, that none of us are insignificant in the story of God. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would walk out of here with a drive and a purpose for you, God, that we would walk out of here seeking to find your purpose in our life. And Lord, if there is one here that doesn't know you, God, I pray that today might be the day that they get that right. God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move as we worship you now. In Jesus' name,